0: i don't think we have different goals we want to have a healthy middle class we want to have people with jobs that pay so the question is do we want the jobs to pay because the market's there and we have an environment to support them or do we want the jobs to pay because the state mandates it
1: One of
2: the first things he did when taking over the company was fire everyone in the human resources department. By concentrating instead on how to make every employee the best employee they can be, that commitment and loyalty is given in return to the company. This innovative approach has served well a firm whose CEO describes it as making the most boring things you never heard about and don't care about, but which are absolutely critical to modern life. I'm Tony Melandra, NFIB California Senior Media Manager. We're proud to have this podcast supported in part by Five Star Bank, serving customers through specialized banking solutions for entrepreneurs, business owners, and community leaders in Northern California. Here to introduce and talk with today's guest is NFIB California State Director, John Kabatek. Take it away, John.
3: All right. Thank you so very much. Well, we have another amazing NFIB Small Business Podcast and a great guest, an inspirational guest joining us once again. This is going to be a wonderful discussion. I'm really excited today to welcome Chris Bell, who is the Chief Executive Officer of Tritool Technologies, which is based in Rancho Cordova, right here near Sacramento, a position he's held since 2020. And Chris, great to have you here with us today.
0: Hey, thank you so much for having me.
3: You know, Chris has been the driving a bold new vision to transform the future of precision machining and help establish TriTool as the leading engineering and manufacturing partner to customers around the world. Chris brings an incredible record of enterprise leadership and business success in the areas of power generation, industrial equipment sectors, and much more in his role as CEO. An expert in building engaged, loyal teams that are capable of delivering faster with more innovation and greater benefit to business and customers, Chris accelerated Tri-Tool's performance through the power of people and unconventional ingenuity, which we're going to hear more about. He strengthened the company's market position. He's improved customer relationships, launched new products, and transformed diverse stakeholders into invested partners. Background-wise, Chris joins Tritool from Siemens, where he had a long career, successful career of growing different businesses while establishing long-term partnerships. He was a key global sales leader for Siemens Turbine Generators. He oversaw product teams in, wow, Germany, Brazil, the United States, all over the globe, aligning these great sales strategies and helping to build this manufacturing network work to deliver, is this number correct, $165 million in revenue
0: every year? Those are, those are big company numbers.
3: That's <laughs> big. That's that's amazing, though, but it's pretty impressive. Under his leadership, their power and gas division increased sales in North America by more than 100%. He's led the growth of the generator service business in the Siemens Charlotte Energy Hub, expanding more on the engineering and manufacturing. Chris earned his master's from the Crummer Graduate School of Business in Rollins College. And he obtained his undergrad from the University of Central Florida. Right now, he lives with his family in Folsom, California. And we are so excited to have Chris Bell with Tri-Tool join us today. Chris, welcome.
0: Thank you. What an introduction.
3: (laughs) Somebody once said to me, When I was introducing, of all the introductions you've done, John, this one is the most recent. (laughs) (laughs) But this one's more than that. It's really impressive. And you are definitely, you've really taken TriTool to a whole new level. I can see why our great partner, Five Star Bank, thinks the world of you. And you've been a great partner with them. And great to have you aligned here with NFIB and doing some cool stuff here. So... Anyway, Chris, tell us a little bit. I'm going to stop and let you tell us a little bit about Tritool, the number of employees, kind of work you do. How did you get into this? And take a few minutes and talk about the company.
0: Yeah, tri- well, so Tritool is amazing. Tritool has been around for more than 50 years. But this year, we're celebrating our 51st birthday. Tritool started right here in Northern California. So its humble beginnings began in Plasterville, right up the street, right up the hill, and was involved heavily into the, in the construction of the Rancho Seco nuclear plant as well as the decommissioning of the plant. So the, the story really goes with we had a surgeon, a welder, and a machinist who all worked together to build the first tools to make sure that we could machine in a very safe manner in a, in a nuclear power plant, right? So we, we had that kind of those three people be beginning it, major focus on safety, major focus on accuracy of work. So from there, we are now, you know, about 150 people in total around the globe, We've got around a hundred people that are right here in Rancho Cordova who make up comprise majority of our people. So we've got production, fairly large production team, a sales team, an engineering team. One thing I love about manufacturing is it it takes all the jobs. So whatever job you want to have in the world, you can find that within a manufacturing organization. So big shout out to all the manufacturers out there. It's a it's a tough world, it's a challenging world. We've got lots of competition from around the globe. But here in California, you know, we've got something special here. Yeah. You know when I think about our our partners, you know, we mentioned Five Star Bank. Five Star has been an awesome partner for us. They helped us in the middle of the pandemic with our PPP loan. Mm-hmm. And they've been a tremendous partner in making sure that we have 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 had access to capital and, you know, able to move at the speed that we want to move.
3: Well, let's talk about that. Because obviously, TriTool has grown from its origins to where it is today. You're, you're being humble, but I I I think you are definitely a TS, a turnaround specialist, or at least, helped, or at least have helped to build the, take the company to a new level. But what, what do you think are some of the reasons associated with TriTool why it's really kind of been taken off?
0: You know, so some of the things we did when I came on board, we took a look at the company and we saw where are we, where are we known, what are we doing? So really two focuses, one is on the customer base and one has been on the employee base everybody who's listening knows your company is comprised of your employees and you have to take care of them and, and treat them with the utmost respect. One of the things I did early on was I fired everybody in the HR department. Mm-hmm. And that sounds mildly controversial, but coming from a big company, I've had limited, I had a handful of successful interactions with our HR team. And I found if we eliminate HR, you know, we we change that mindset of beating the people over the head with policies in terms of recognizing people f- for who they are and where they are in life, we can change the mindset within the company. So now I have no HR team. HR is a dirty word in our company. But we do have a people and culture team. So we brought in a new staff of people who are heavily emphasized on the employees and what we need to do to grow and develop them and, and get them thinking about, you know, how do we help them be the best employee they can be at work? And how do we show that commitment and loyalty to them? And in return, they show that to us. So from an employee standpoint, that's been huge. We looked at our marketing, right? We looked at where we were positioned. You know, I was once told, you know how you're doing in the market. You ask a guy in the street what they think of your company, and that's the market for you. So going out and surveying how people felt about us, there was a recognition for the quality of our work. People knew that, but there was a lot of feelings of datedness. I know when I talked to customers, they'd say, oh, you guys are still around. So it was very clear that we needed to... Bring ourselves back out into the market in a new form so we went from tri-tool inc to tri-tool technologies and i know that sounds like wow wildly crazy but just by virtue of you know sprucing up our logo changing the name and yeah. coming up with a new mindset so we've now got our employees are engaged they're thinking about what we're doing we've we've presented ourselves now as a technology company not just a production company or a machining company that's allowed us to really accelerate out into the market.
3: For the average
0: Joe or Jane, I know I I was able
3: to couch a little bit of what Tool makes and manufactures in the intro and you a
0: little bit so far. But
3: just for somebody, an average Joe and Jane, what kinds of things does Tool Technologies make? What are the things that you, that's tangible what, things out the, there?
0: The exciting stuff. So I'll, I always tell people we, we make the most boring things that you never think about and don't care about but are absolutely but critical. <laughs> right. I mean absolutely critical to – modern life like what so we build pipe beveling machines we build tube facing machines you know to to put it to put it bluntly if you've got a pipe or a tube you're going to join that pipe or a tube with another pipe or a tube you need to weld it together mm-hmm. right and so part of that process involves preparing the tube or preparing the pipe to get it ready so it can be joined and why is that important well if you think about I'll just say you have a pipe of a hydrogen pipe right and it's getting joined with another hydrogen pipe you do not want that pipe to split. Like, that will cause you a problem. If you are a rocket ship manufacturer, right, and yeah. you're building rockets that are going into space, a rocket is really just a tremendous systems of tremendous system of pipe and tubes. So how are those joined together? Are they mated correctly? Is something going to split or, or have a problem? Or if you think of an underwater pipeline, right, the last thing you want is an underwater pipeline to burst at the seams, causing you problems, right, huge environmental problems. Right, sure. So – you know, the products we create help help our industrial partners join pipe, join tube together or go in and perform some portable machining. So if you think about, you know, some say like a nuclear reactor, right? Nuclear yeah. reactor is a great example. You want to know that that is being machined correctly, right? You want to know that that the machining is being done to specification. It's well thought out. It's going to be accurate. Definitely. Because you don't want a problem.
3: If I want to glow, it's because I'm happy about how things are going in life.
0: Right, not because somebody welded something incorrectly, <laughs> exactly. or it had a failure of a weld seam. Right, yes. so told we, I'm glowing. Right, yeah. So that you want that be for sure yeah. because of your good diet, yeah. not any other reason. Yeah, I'm working on that. <laughs> no, go ahead. Sorry. No, so That's so cool. we we go and we we have you know a catalog of products that we sell into the marketplace, and we have a huge engineering team that will go work directly with customers to develop products to go cut what you can't touch or cut the uncuttable or get into hard-to-reach places that need to be machined. Again, stuff that you're not going to think about it in a retail world, but in the industrial world, you you need to make sure these things are done accurately, precisely, and, and most importantly, safely. Yeah. you've obvious,
3: Obviously, we've seen some some growth and some positives here. and But in California, let me ask you this, not political questions, just more of the challenges, I think, in terms of, you know, What are some of the challenges, you know, doing business, be it here and Ashley, what are some of the things that you often face at TriTool that are some of the big, big hurdles, not, not insurmountable, but just the hurdles that you face out there in the business climate?
0: So, you know, it's, it's interesting as, you know, as CEO, I get, I get offers frequently from economic development groups throughout the country, right? I get them throughout the world as well, but mostly it's from throughout the country and, and it's coming from states who are appealing to manufacturers in California, And so if you ask me what are the hurdles not insurmountable, you know, challenges to doing business, things that prevent us from focusing 100% on our customer base, it's the regulatory environment. Yeah. So if I think about, you know, level of taxes I pay here compared to elsewhere, right? If I – the income taxes that we're paying, inventory taxes I'm paying, I wouldn't have to pay those in other states. What I see with a lot of other – Partners or even big companies have moved to engineering in California, but producing somewhere else. Yeah. We've got arguably the nation's best engineering schools. We've got a healthy flow of engineers. And so the question is, can you build it here as well as design it? Or are we really just a design-only type state? So what I would like to see is us building more things here. There's a reason why all these other states are pushing for manufacturing, why they want to have that. Yeah. You know, every manufacturing job, I believe the the number is supports two point five service jobs. So when that when that manufacturing leaves, the service goes with it yeah. over time. And I think you can see that in, in manufacturing bases that don't exist anymore. Yeah,
3: no question. And I, by the way, I do take back what I previously said. It is political. We <laughs> do have a policymakers here that really need to wake up and make California less hostile, make it more friendly and keep business and jobs here and manufacturing here. And so Tritool is doing great things, but it, you know, there's got to be work there. And we've said it many times before on these podcasts that our policymakers need to really pave the way and not block
0: the way for success well it it comes down to the goals you know i don't think we have different goals we want to have a healthy middle class for sure we want to have people with jobs that pay and so the question is do we want the jobs to pay because the market's there and we have an environment to support them or do we want the jobs to pay because the state mandates it yeah you know and i think that as small as small business people it's important we we know the money comes from the customers right it doesn't come from anywhere else and our customers don't necessarily care where it's built or where it's made. They they need the problem solved. So I think as the state of California looks at its environment, you know, we've, we've got to think long and hard about the requirements we're putting on business owners. You know, example I like to give is salespeople who have to, I've got to pay a meal voucher for because they're on the phone during their break with a customer. Right. But the law doesn't provide for me to say, well, come on, that doesn't make any sense. Right. So... So anyhow, that's uh, – I'll get off my soapbox. No, no. But I no. think that that's one of those things You're I, welcome. I look at and I say, man, the goal is to help. It's, we're, not, we're not abusing the employees. We want them to be successful. I want them to be you know, healthy and wealthy. Like why, why wouldn't I want that?
3: Hey, and Chris, maybe on that
0: note, let's, let's stay on the soapbox for a
3: minute, but it's more pr- practical. And nonpartisan, just more practical. But let's say, you know, if you were in the driver's seat and there were a couple of things that our policymakers could do just to tweak the engine, so to speak, in the manufacturing lingo. What are a couple of things that our policymakers here could do to make business more, the climate more friendly and help make help try tool go from where you guys are successful to even more jobs created, more success for help on our economy?
0: You know, I, I would say the number one thing is for our policymakers to get out and actually go look at businesses. Yeah. And, you know, right now I'm part of an advocacy group, California Manufacturers and Technology Association. They are a huge advocate for manufacturers throughout the state. You know, our policymakers don't have small business experience. They often don't come from the business world. They come from other advocacy groups. So they've never run a business. Right. And they don't know what a P&L looks like. They don't know what a balance sheet looks like. And so they're... The drive seems to be ideological as opposed to practical. And so yeah. and if I can get policymakers to come to try tool, and I can say, look, here's my forklift, right? You're proposing that I get rid of my forklifts in favor of a electric forklifts. I'm going to need four times as many. I'm going to, you know, that's all capital expense. I need to go find my money for that. I need to figure out how to manage this. You know, and all this is being driven by environmental regulations where the impact is not – you know, is it really clear cut? Is it helpful for the business? Is it really helpful for the environment for us to go do these things? Like, is it really going to have a, a difference, or is it just regulation? And I think that's where I would offer the, the policymakers. I'm always open. Come by, it. I'm happy to walk you through how we run our business and and how we keep our Californians employed right here.
3: Yeah, hopefully
0: for for a very
3: long time. We've talked about this whole electrification, you know, and look, noble intentions. But I've I've said we've said before at NFIB to our our resources board and others, it's got to meet the 3C test, cost, capacity and compliance. And the roadmap for businesses to meet any of those three is impossible. And for our state to meet it, our ISO grid. So anyway, that's my soapbox. But I good, think at the good, end of the yeah. day, yeah, we'll go with that. But I think, thank you for that, because I think that's really helpful to understand in terms of what a small a business owner needs to do and, and get them to the businesses. And I think that's helpful for any listener out there to get your elected officials to come and see your business. We'll be right back with more right after this.
1: Hi, I'm James Beckwith, President and CEO of Five Star Bank. We are excited to help bring you this series of podcasts focused on small business concerns in conjunction with the NFIB. When Five Star Bank was founded in 1999, it was business and community leaders, local entrepreneurs, who wanted to create the sort of personalized banking services they desired themselves. Services inspired by partnership and defined by shared vision and goals, a true understanding of the needs of small business owners. I know a meaningful relationship with a banker can be hard to find. At Five Star Bank, we are responsive, understand your business, and are committed to your success. We want to be a part of your growth and a valued partner supporting your vision and your dreams. You'll find direct access to a banker, complete online and mobile business banking you need to succeed. As an SBA preferred lender, let us help you with your startup business or existing business. If you're looking to make a change, please give us the opportunity to demonstrate what our personalized banking services could mean for you. I promise you individual attention from our colleagues who understand your business and are as committed to your success as you are. You can find us online at fivestarbank.com.
3: You know, let me ask you this, being as High tech, yet still requiring some more blue-collar machinery jobs. Let's talk about finding talent. You know, NFIB, our group, does a Small Business Economic Trends report each month that talks about, you know, kind of what small business owners are finding. We found that 42% of our members, 42%, are still having difficulty filling unfilled positions. Is, has that been a challenge with TriTool? Are you seeing it in the industry? And how are we? How do you go about fixing that?
0: That's a great question. So, you know, and I, I think you know, I mentioned earlier... I, I'm looking for engineers. I'm looking mm-hmm. for salespeople. I'm looking for machinists. So I'm always looking for top talent. It's been a challenge in this area because the we're just seeing now the community colleges and the trade sh- schools really pushing machining. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think Oak Ridge High School had a machining program for a little bit to get people into it who maybe were not college bound. Mm -hmm. So right now we've actually partnered with a group down in San Diego called Workshops for Warriors that takes service members that are on their last six months of service and gets them trained up for a job in the trades. That's awesome. So we've it's been fantastic. We've hired two people from that program. We've donated a lot of equipment so we can get them trained. So we see that as that's one possible or that's one potential pipeline. If I think about the costs of trying to recruit and trying to hire people, mm-hmm. you know I can point to a recruiting my recruiting fees are about fifteen thousand sixteen thousand dollars an employee if I want to use a recruiter. Mm-hmm. If I do a direct hire, my cost is around six hundred dollars. So it's a pretty pretty big spread there. So our solution is, what if I just pay each employee who refers someone that stays on two thousand dollars? It's far less costly than a recruiting firm, but I can try to, you know, source, I'll just say friends and neighbors into the company. Yeah. So most of our people that are that are in those trades, they're not living in Sacramento. They're not living even in Rancho. They're coming from Placerville. They're coming from really Dorado County, the more rural areas. People who build stuff and are actively engaged in, we, we joke about, we're, we're conservationists, people who are actually farming the land you know, building, repairing equipment. Like that's what they grew up with. They fixed cars. They repaired cars. They love cars. Like those are the people that we really appeal to. People who like to build something, do something. Yeah. I mean,
3: that's interesting. And I think there's a lot of, we've had folks on from the College Career Academy in Sacramento. We've had others that are training and developing people that four-year college or two-year college pathway is one, but there's a lot of vocational opportunities out there. And, you know, tapping into those, it sounds like. Do you see a trend of more and more of an abundance of talent coming through the process? How are you feeling in terms of the outlook for the, the, the
0: quality and the abundance of talent? So my my optimism is high. <laughs> and yeah. my, you know, as a CEO, my optimism is perpetually high. Sure. And so I think practically it's it still begs the question, okay, we can be optimistic and we can be hopeful. Do we really see a environment where this is going to change, where the ability To go hire people is going to be a net win. You know, right now when I think about hiring somebody, my risk is hiring from one of my suppliers, right? Because the pool is so small. Yeah. That if I steal, steal a person from a supplier, now my supplier has problems. So it doesn't really help my customer because now I've created a a different type of problem for me that my supply chain can't help me because I've taken one of their people. So I think the, you know, the state has a lot to do, the community has a lot to do and and you know, ultimately, the dollar speaks. The dollar is going to drive the behavior. So, if the jobs are in the south southeast of the U.S. and that's where we're seeing the growth, like I, I know there's an abundant talent pool in that area of the country. I think we need to do more to celebrate and elevate the trades and pe- people who build stuff, people who do things.
3: Yeah, uh, no doubt. Let me let me change course slightly a little bit here. Just you know, you have had your expertise and your notoriety is for really kind of taking you know, businesses and organizations that are struggling and kind of tweak the engine and tighten it up and make it work better. A lot of small businesses out there, Chris, no joke to anybody out there, you know, that struggle, that are on the ropes. Trying to make it work, trying to get it going. What is some advice you would give to a business owner, small, medium, or large, or a CEO of their own company and their team for kind of what they need to do if they really want to see that? You know, they see kind of a kind of a fragile part of their business, things are kind of weak. And how what is advice you give them to make it stronger?
0: You know, my, my I have really three things I focus on. One is transparency and i know that's a word that gets thrown around a lot and it's been used a lot politically but i look at transparency of the numbers and data mm-hmm. i share the financial results of our company every single month to all the employees mm. they see it when i came in we had to do a pretty massive layoff we we eliminated about 20% of the workforce and a lot of questions why why did we have to do that okay. and i needed to highlight to the team here's why we did that you know everybody here has a role to play yeah so i really focus on and I encourage the team and all the managers share with your teams how they're measured, how they're doing, what they're what they're being measured against. We've got it. We've got to get them engaged. If they know what they're shooting for and they know what they're trying to achieve, like they get engaged, they they're involved, and there's no surprises. So that's a you know transparency one thing. Focusing on the employees and making sure that the employees know that they're part of a team. Right? It's not just I don't want to have an environment that's a, a nine to five. They come in, they leave, they are mildly engaged. They do, they turn the crank. You know, I think it was Ford who may have said, I just need a pair of hands. I'm not looking for pairs of hands. I'm looking for brains with it who are thinking about how to always improve. So we put a lot of emphasis on the team and what the team's doing. Mm-hmm. And then the last item, and people can argue if it's most important or not, but it's really the customer. I mean, the only reason we're here is to serve our customer. Yeah. And so, if we're not serving our customer, we have no reason to exist. Yeah, and it's a, it's that simple. So, listening to the customer and understanding what drives them and what they need, and knowing how to help them. I mean, if if we can have a deep, meaningful relationship with our customers, they're going to call me. I'll get to that trusted trusted advisor level, right? So, yeah, really sure putting that. a lot of emphasis on our sales team and. I mentioned it in another place, but sales is it's a noble profession. You're helping people. So you're helping people all day long. And if you're helping people all day long, like they're gonna buy from you. That's true. So if you're trying to hawk goods, your success rate's gonna be lower than if you are looking to understand what your customers' problems are and seeing if you can help them solve their problems. I think you can apply that to, to any type of situation. If there's a customer base, if you're are you helping them and are you looking for new ways to help them?
3: I love that. What else is coming up for a tri-tool year as you're looking ahead? I mean, you always kind of got ideas coming. Maybe there's trade secrets you can't share, but is there anything in terms of growth or expansion that also inspires small business owners to think think ahead and think of kind of new new chart, uncharted territory? Anything you got cooking as you're looking uh, ahead? And-
0: always got coo- uh, Lots of cooking. Lots, <laughs> lots of cooking, cooking, cooking going on at tri-tool. So, you know, inside the company, we're rolling out a new ERP. So, and, and I know that's a big challenge for companies when you make the migration. And define that for the listeners. So enterprise resource planning. Okay. So if you think about just our software that we're using to manage our business, we're moving away from, I'll just say, multiple systems and we're consolidating under one. We've moved, you know, part of kind of a turnaround is we've gotten a lot of our hardware and software away from being on-prem and into the cloud, really Mm -hmm. trying to move towards future systems and using software to help us. So that's kind of right in front of us inside the company. We've got the whole team engaged on that. From a customer perspective, we've got Fabtech coming up. Fabtech is a a large trade show where we're going to be meeting with lots of our customers. It's taking place in Chicago. We've got some pretty cool raffles. We're giving stuff away. We'll be demoing equipment We've got five brand new products that we're going to be releasing and showcasing at Fabtech. So part That's, of our growth is, is innovation, really driving innovation. How can we better help our customers? And and we'll get, we'll get a chance to showcase all of that. How can people, how, well, we'll
3: certainly give you another chance, but how can people find out more about TriTool, but also about the event coming up and other stuff?
0: So best way to find out about TriTool is to go to TriTool.com. That's easy. T-R-I-T-O-L.com. We're on LinkedIn if you're on LinkedIn. We're on TikTok if you're on TikTok. We're on Facebook if you're on Facebook. So you can look for Tri-Tool Technologies. You'll find it. We've got cool videos of us using the arc equipment. We've got cool videos of us making our equipment. So yeah, come by take a look. That's awesome.
3: I know you hit upon this a little bit, but what are, any other advice you'd give a, a business owner, an entrepreneur, young? old, middle-aged, anything in terms of people who are really looking to kind of take that light bulb of an idea and do something with
0: it. Yeah, don't give up. I mean, that's the key answer. Don't give up, don't give up, don't give up, and keep going and test. You know, I I always encourage us to to test something, right? Yeah. Just because you make a decision doesn't mean you can make it, you know, you, you, we reserve the right to get smarter. Right. So run the experiment, test something out, try it for a month, try it for a week, try it for a day. If it works, go for it. But don't give up. Keep going. Work like water. Find your path around the stone. You know, you just got to keep moving. So I think that that's what we encourage within our team. Don't give up. Be a catalyst to change. Keep pushing. Think about the customer. Be transparent. I mean, these are all things that that when you practice it, when you live it, you can see the results. And those results feel really, really good. That's a
3: perfect note to end on. Chris Bell, thank you so much. Tri Tool Technologies, born and based here in California, but global in its reach and just doing great things under your leadership. We're great to have you as a friend here of NFIB on our, our podcast. And we we'll look forward to having you come back and just continued great success to you and the company and all the jobs you're creating. and. Let's just go, let's head over to the Capitol and make sure we can get them to to keep doing good things to get, get small business moving forward like Tritool's
0: doing. Sounds good. Excellent. I'll meet you at the Capitol. I'll meet you there. <laughs> okay. Awesome. And again, your your website address is? Tritool.com, T-R-I-T-O-O-L.com. That's awesome. <laughs> All right, Chris, thanks so much.
2: All right, thank you, you too. Thank you, Chris Bell, for your remarks and inspirational insights for this podcast. Again, we'd like to thank Five Star Bank for its generous support of this and future podcasts. You can learn more about Five Star Bank at FiveStarBank.com. You can find all NFIB California podcasts at nfib.com slash CA slash podcasts. That's nfib.com slash CA slash podcasts. You can also find our podcasts on your favorite podcast app by searching NFIB California. I would also like to thank Multipoint Content Strategies, for its production of this podcast. You can learn more about them at multipointstrategies.com. Why podcasts for small business? It's been NFIB's educational mission for 80 years to remind policymakers that small businesses are not smaller versions of big businesses, and that a one-size-fits-all rule, regulation, or tax can do Main Street enterprises more harm than good. We hope these podcasts aid in better understanding. Finally, thank you to our listeners. If you like what you heard, Please share this episode, subscribe, and give us a positive rating. We would appreciate it.